Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. From the KMOX newsroom, Kevin Colleen, known for many things, one of which is the holiday radio show, writing those fantastic productions. And this year, it's a little bit different. Coming up on Monday, it'll be a digital version of it in a way where we'll go back and look at some memories from the past couple of decades. Kevin, how are you? Well, uh, thank you for that kind introduction. And uh, this has been a uh, fantastic in quotes. Uh, one member of the staff once told me, Colleen, they aren't coming here. The audience isn't coming here to see your high school play. They're coming here to see us. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's been the charm of it. In case you never saw or heard one of these, the staff would get up and act out an original comedy play, usually a ridiculous premise, and uh, they would ham it up and ad lib and there'd be songs, and it all kind of ended with everybody on stage coming together, like, you know, the conflict was resolved and then the people would go out in the parking lot and scrape scrape the ice off their windows and go home yeah it was always a fun time last year was a little weird because i think there's a snowstorm so it was pushed back to a different day that was kind of a shame and in previous years there's been all kinds of great special guests who have participated i mean we're spanning back into the 1990s so there's so many great memories of past camo x personalities that have participated in this yeah, I think of uh, Bill Reeker. He was always a great uh, heavy. You know, when you do comedy, you need somebody to play the heavy, and Bill Reeker was always very authoritative. One year he played uh, a member of a Star Trek club where he was supposed to be Captain Kirk, and he would never break character even when his wife was said, Bill, you know, nobody's watching. You don't have to be Captain Kirk. <laughs> and Bill, uh, Bill was a method actor. He uh, rented several old Star Trek tapes and uh, looked at them to get the right cadence for Captain Kirk. And then you'd have to mention John Carney, who is just a franchise in himself. You give him a play, and it's just an opportunity, like Robin Williams, for him to ad-lib and uh, do so many asides. He was great. And then we had oh people through the years like Nan Wyatt, she had an infamous moment in one of the plays where she played uh, a grandmother with uh, senility, and uh, in a moment of anger, she smashed a guitar on the stage, and the audience gasped. It was a 
acoustic guitar I had bought for five dollars <laughs> the day before the play at Goodwill. <laughs> Special then, um, surprise moments like that, things that you'll never you, been, you uh, ever know what you're going to see. Uh, one time, uh, Bill McClellan, the legendary Bill McClellan, was in the play. He had a bit part as a customer at a pharmacy. And uh, he was there to get something for his vision. He thought he had tarantulas in his eyes. But it's, uh, I think Ron Jacober, another customer, said, what about just trimming your eyebrows? And then uh, Jack Buck was our MC for many years. And he had a famous line once uh, on a winter night out at the uh, Westport Playhouse. He said, you know, uh, some truck driver going across the country tuning in just now must wonder what the hell are they doing there in st louis (laughs) this monday it's a little bit different than previous years so normally you would get all of the kmox people together on the stage and we would rehearse and then go and then perform the play that you wrote and we'd always have a great time in front of a live audience this time you can still have a live audience but the presentation's a little bit different it's presenting different memories from the show's past on Monday night at 7 p.m. you're going to be doing this starting on our KMOX Facebook page so really no tickets necessary it's just go free to watch it's 7 o'clock on Monday on the KMOX Facebook page and really all they have to do is click the play button and just sit back and enjoy some classic memories yeah, and let me explain. Uh, there is no play this year because we determined you, you can't really have a play without a live audience. you got to have a script, the actors, and the, and the audience to bring it all together. And it would have been like a flat soda without any effervescence to you know not have a punchline and not hear the audience laugh. So instead this year, we're sort of having a living wake for the uh, <laughs> holiday radio show this year. The, the, one, the year that got away, after 25 years, we finally... It took a pandemic to postpone the franchise, but we're going to have people from the staff, from Carol Daniel to Debbie Monterey, Tom Ackerman, Bill Reeker's coming back, uh, and just Ron Jacober, he'll be visiting. It'll be just your chance to look on your computer screen at, at the KMOX Facebook page, and it'll look like a lineup of suspects in, in an Agatha Christie murder. You know, we'll, we'll all be up there. Uh-huh. And uh, they'll they'll all be sharing their various memories of different plays. And maybe you went to some of them, and you'll say, "I remember that moment." <laughs> That's what it's all about, isn't it? Oh, I remember that moment. I I wonder too with the pandemic. This is in my mind how I imagine you go through the process of writing one of these. You go up into your attic, and you know it's insulated, and there's some boxes of old clothes and mirrors and things. And all you do is have a typewriter and you're sitting up there working on this thing. This year, you didn't have that opportunity. Did you think about what you would have done to write a play this year, what the what the play would have been about in a year of a pandemic? No, it was sort of like uh, the old woman in the shoe who finally didn't have to get pregnant again. I was so glad uh, just to have the year off because it used to be that whenever the little leaves would start to turn yellow, I would have this adrenaline feeling like, oh, I've got to come up with some big caper scheme plot. And, uh, you know, this this year it was fun just to enjoy fall. And uh, life keeps busy on its own. We had to cut down a big tree in our yard, and uh, we had uh, a roofing project. And there's always something to keep you busy. So 
it was probably a good year not to have to write a play. I get that. Maybe this could play into next year's, and who knows what next year looks like. I hope it's better. But I, I think it's just great because there are so many memories, and I know that Chris Myhill is going to be with you in the studio for that. He once told me a story of Jack Buck when he was part of one of these holiday radio shows and what a superstar he was showing up and what a true professional. You're going to have to have Chris tell that story on Monday. Yeah. Uh, one thing about Jack Buck was he was so good at being the master of ceremonies because he did it all the time. And he would do it on the fly with just little notes on a napkin. He'd write down a few people in the audience he'd want to recognize. And, you know, his whole life was a, a presentation and so he was just like, there's Jack Buck. And he would, he lent his magnificence to this uh, little franchise that we launched. This was way back in the beginning, about 25 years ago, but it kept going. And uh, the, some of the same people would go to it year after year after year. And uh, we just couldn't believe it. We'd think, you know, what, because in the, in the staff, the joke was always, oh, I hope we don't have to do that thing again. <laughs> and everybody would grumble. But then, you know, the hand bone and everybody would come out and the day of the rehearsal and the night of the thing, everybody would get into it and it would just take off like Lindbergh's plane, barely <laughs> clearing the fence. And Jim White had a singing role one year. I think I included that as part of the radio documentary. And there's just so many great moments over the years and even in the recent years, some really great moments. And I just am so encouraged to know that these sort of things still exist. It's a rarity to find this on radio stations, anyone to put this much effort together to put a professional performance together, a live broadcast in front of a studio audience to enjoy. And, of course, I, um, I'm, I'm always blown away by the reaction from the audience. They always enjoy it. The, the live laughs from an audience really is nice when you're used to being stuck in a studio and you get no reaction <laughs> on your own jokes. <laughs> Well, you know, and another thing about the the whole event is people know us from our various roles. Like, you know, I'm the guy at City Hall, and then Roger Rand is the traffic man, and you're the overnight guy. But when you put these people in a make-believe storyline, and they have exaggerated characters or comic lines, it's fun to see, hey, that's the guy who does the weather, or that's the garden hotline guy, and he's, you know playing a role it's 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 very relatable oh that's great so many great moments to replay and it will be on monday it's going to be a live video presentation of some memories and it's going to start seven o'clock on the kmox facebook page really anyone listening just has to press play on that and it's pretty simple i, th I think it's going to go what about a half hour 45 minutes an hour somewhere in there yeah, we'll try not to run it into the ground. Always leave them wanting more. That's Monday <laughs> night, Monday night at 7. But here, here's something that's uh, dear to my heart is on Saturday night at 7, there's going to be a replay of what I consider my favorite of all of them. It's the 2001 broadcast of A South Side Christmas starring Jim White and Nan Wyatt and Carol Daniel and John Carney's in there, and uh, just everybody. And it's a real caper, and people always laughed at that. It was based loosely on my in-laws, who lived down by the Bevo Mill, very loosely. But if you grew up in South St. Louis, you will love all the references to uh, everything South Side in a South Side Christmas 
a rebroadcast uh, Saturday night at 7 p.m. Perfect. And that is on 1120 a.m. KMOX, where you can listen to it and streaming online. And then the video memory presentation, memories from holiday radio shows past, and a spirited conversation on Monday night on the KMOX Facebook page at 7 o'clock. Kevin Colleen, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for coming on and discussing your uh, your some of those favorite memories, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you put together for Monday night. Thanks, Ryan. Always love your show. Good night. Kevin is awesome. One of my favorite St. Louis broadcasters by far, and one of my favorite broadcasters in general. So just one more time, it's going to be great. The special presentations that are going to be happening first on Saturday night, a rebroadcast of a classic KMOX holiday radio show. I think he said it was from 2001 with Jim White, Nan Wyatt, and Carol Daniels starring in that one and one of the fan favorites. And then a big discussion on the Facebook page. It's called The Director Cut with Kevin Colleen. It's a holiday radio show going back, looking at some of the past uh, holiday shows and a great conversation with some people involved. That's Monday night at 7. That is not on air at KMOX. It's on the KMOX Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, look up KMOX News, and it'll be live on there starting at about 7 o'clock on Monday. I hope you can watch it. I think I'm going to be a part of it. I have a time on there. I'll be a part of a group conversation. It should be a lot of fun. Kevin joins us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. This is Overnight America KMOX. St. Louis's morning news. Total information AM. Weekday mornings at 5 on KMOX and KMOX.com. Wow, we had a whirlwind of guests the last couple of hours. So, how about we open things up for you? If there's something you want to talk about, I would love to hear it. Really, I would. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Yeah, anything you may have heard, something you want to bring up, it's towards the end of the week. I already put down on the rundown, we better play Rebecca Black. That's what we do on Thursday nights. (laughs) We're getting close to Christmas, and I got to say... I have uh, tonight, which uh, leads into my weekend, and then next week I'm in every day. And then after that, I have a vacation time I'm using till the end of the year. So I'm very excited, very excited to try to use this time to the best of my ability for you, the listener. So I wanted to bring this up. I saw in the Post-Dispatch an article by Janelle O'Day The population of the St. Louis area inched up over the past five years. They say at least the metro area has gained about 7,500 residents. Honestly, I don't know if that's good or bad. Is it good that we're not losing? Like, or at least as a bulk number, we're not going down. We're going up. That's a good thing. But in the city and county, it's going down. It's mostly St. Charles that's going up. So the figures are part of the American Community Survey, not the census shows that growth continuing in outlining areas. St. Charles grew by about 2,400, excuse me, 24,500. That's about 7%. They're up. Meanwhile, St. Louis City and County, again, lost people. Apparently, St. Louis County's population is down 3,500. St. Louis City dropped by about 10,000. And as we see these numbers fluctuate a little bit, and I look at this, I guess it's a good thing that we're not as a metropolitan area losing. But think about what we could have been doing Honestly, what we could have been doing when places like Amazon were looking for a new home and we didn't have all this crime in the area, if we could have attracted, you know, 20,000 jobs or something. Think about what one company in one major placement in a city can do to a city like St. Louis when we've just been kind of flat. 
that's huge. We have to turn around this crime issue. We have to take away all of these hurdles and all of these scarecrows that are sitting in our city and tearing our community apart because there's so many things the city would have going for it if it wasn't for this terrible track record we have at getting violent criminals off the street, this terrible track record of prosecuting these criminals and getting them to stop shooting each other. So let's take some of your calls. Uh, Larry, welcome to Overnight America. Good good evening. How are you, my friend? Doing good. Very good. So I have a couple things to throw at you. First mm-hmm. of all, did Joe Biden concede today? <laughs> he did not. But he didn't? Um, did you, no, did you hear the interview I had about an hour ago regarding I heard the, the whole show. It's, when you're on when you're on I, I I had the football game on with the sound down. It was wonderful. New England got whipped. I'm involved <laughs> in a sports auction on my computer and I I'm listening to you every Yeah. Yes, I so, I listened to all of it. One thing he pointed out that I haven't heard reported anywhere, but I think is huge, is that typically speaking, anytime we've seen an investigation where the Department of Justice steps in, it's normally involving over a million dollars. He said always over 90 percent of the time they look at family members. So it's almost certain that Joe Biden's been looked at by the Department of Justice. That to me is pretty big news. So let's do a little six pack here. We have Swalwell, China. We have the (laughs) Biden's plural China. We have the governor of Georgia paying $100 million to Dominion China. We have Dominion China. We have the Houston consulate China. And we have a couple Harvard professors China. You know what? We have a China problem in this country. And Hmm. if people don't wake up, and I hope we win this election down in Georgia, because this is some really this is some scary stuff going on. By the way, you mentioned several times you are from uh, Michigan, correct? Yeah, I grew up in Michigan up until and you, I was. And you 18, said your dad was no, cheap, right? <laughs> My family was. We were very frugal. Okay, yeah. okay, frugal. So, did you ever go to Mackinac Island? Never made it up there. I've always wanted to go. So I went to Mackinac Island a few years ago, and if you go to Mackinac Island. There's no cars on Mackinac Island. There's buggies. Mm -hmm. There's buggies and you walk, right? Right. So there's a lot of horse dung all over the streets. Okay. So they have people that have jobs with shovels. Mm -hmm. I have told my brother, I think those are those shovel-ready jobs that Obama was talking about. (laughs) Scooping up the stuff. And I'm going to leave you with this. Uh In 1958... Someone said this, we will take over America and never fire one single shot to do it. 1958, who said that? You're on the clock. Are you there? All right, I'm sorry. I dropped off. We had a quick uh, glitch there, Larry. I apologize. Okay. I missed what you so said there. Did you, hear, did you hear the question? No, I'm sorry. Okay, I apologize. Here's, here, here's the question. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the quote. We will take over America and never fire one shot to do it. Who is that sentence attributed to? Mm, I'm not sure. Nikita Khrushchev. Mm. It was a book I read by an FBI agent, and he had all of these things 
We will promote homosexual marriage. We will promote easy divorce, blah, blah, on and on and on. You could go right down the list and check it off. And it's like mission accomplished. Thank you. Last yeah, Larry, yeah, we got to we got to move on. But, Larry, good to hear from you. And thank you for uh, calling in. All right. I appreciate it. Very good. All right. Yeah, have a good weekend. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Yeah, I got I was sweating bullets there for a moment because my feed broke out for a minute and I've been having some weird computer issues that I'm still trying to fix. And I thought, oh, no, what's happening here? So I, I miss all of what Larry said there for a moment. But one thing he mentioned right before was the thing in the tie ins with China. Now, I think something Tucker Carlson pointed out, which is very important to point out when it comes to Congressman Swalwell, who has ties with the Chinese spy and knows that, uh, you know, they, they already looked into it and all of these things. He's on the House what Intelligence Committee for it. But he was pointing out all of the different things that he was saying when it came to defending China during the coronavirus was word for word what you would see out of Chinese propaganda, what was coming out of there. So maybe he was getting talking points. Maybe this is deeper than what we thought, or maybe he was highly influenced by the spy. And if he was highly influenced by the spy, why? Because <laughs> what? She was an intern that was a fundraiser for her? Hmm. Maybe there was more to it. And they've already said that she used uh, sexual relationships in, in order to gain power and trust. Um, that's very uh, right in the playbook. These things, I you see these things pop up there. And he mentioned all this stuff with China. Ain't that the truth, though? You, you see it even from the own words of congressmen that have been infiltrated by these interns using that propaganda in their own way. All right, we're going to take some more of your calls coming up after the weather. 314-436-7900. It's Overnight America KMOX. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Welcome back to Overnight America. It was good to hear that commercial spot for Scouts. I did scouts up until my eighth grade, and then I stopped somewhere in the eighth grade because um, that summer leading into high school, I got into sports more. So, you know, you can only do so much, I guess. But, yeah, I, I remember it's it's always a interesting time. I always wonder what happened to some of those boys I was in with uh, scouts with. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And I'd love to hear from you. Anything you want to bring up, you can. We've had a lot of guests on the show, but really, this show is designed to hear from you. And you have that open invitation to call. Let's go to Ken, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Uh, I thought your interview with that, uh, that doctor on the, the COVID vaccination. Do you, do you remember his name? Was it Terrier? Or? Uh, it's Dr. Dean Finelli, F-A-N-E-L-L-I. Well, your questions, you didn't ramble. You didn't try and impress. They were quick. His answers were the same way. He didn't ramble. And, I mean, it just went bam, bam. And, and it, it, uh, the, the amount of information that you guys got out in, I don't know, 15, 16 minutes uh, was, was just tremendous. You, you do a good job. So many of these interviewers uh, – I mean, they talk more than the guy they're interviewing, and you you didn't do it that way. It, and I yeah. I just uh, not only was it enjoyable. I mean, you know, the topic's not the greatest, but it was informative. Yeah. And one other you, thing, and then I'll let you go. Um, I was so glad to see. Uh, you know, we I'm a liberal, and we hear so much that the, you know the mainstream media 
But they re- they today they really went after Swalwell and Hunter Biden, and they should. They absolutely should. And I know you're still going to say, well, it's not even, and maybe it isn't, but at least they went after them uh, pretty good, and I was glad to see that. Uh, but anyway, a very, very good interview with that uh, Dr. Finelli. Thank you for that, Ken. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Okay, yeah, and I, I, I'll, I'll give a little secret when it comes to interviews. So a lot of times I get different PR firms that work with different clients that say, hey, this person's available on this topic. So they'll send me a pitch and I'll look it over and I'll say, OK, this is a timely pitch, right? The the vaccine information, the emergency release of it. We're going to start getting it out there in America. This is a big deal. This would be a good interview to have. I, I don't talk to the guests beforehand. This When you listen to them come on the air, that's the very first time I have ever spoken with them. And it's difficult at times because you don't exactly know the level of expertise the person may have. So you get an idea of the topic that they want to discuss. And in this case, the Pfizer vaccination. I ask some very technical questions and I'm thinking to myself, man, I hope he knows the answer to these because I don't want to make him look silly because I'm going to ask him. He says, oh, I don't know. I don't look into that. But he knew them all. He was on top of it. He was a great guest. I always worry about that sometimes, over asking or asking too complicated questions. But for the most part, that happens sometimes. I'm sure you may have recognized these things, but they have a good way of answering it so you don't really pick up on it unless you're uh, trained to listen to those things. 314-436-7900. Let's see. One person texted in, asked, the Christmas shows from Jack Buck's home. Hmm. I'll have to ask Kevin Clean about that. I'll give you a little radio secret. I actually recorded with Kevin Clean earlier before the show, so that was a recorded interview. I only did that for the sake of time because he was busy, and I didn't want to make him wait up till 10 o'clock because I know he's got his own family things going on, so we recorded that one. But I definitely wanted to get him on before this weekend, knowing that the holiday radio show program, a replay, is coming up on Saturday night at 7. Uh, another person said, uh, the soft on criminals... Uh, stuff does not work. Wishful thinking doesn't keep the criminals in line. Did you see the one story that was posted online? I don't have all the details in front of me, so apologize if I get the anything wrong. But essentially, there was someone that came in to rob a business, was uh, the, the business owner, defended himself, ended up shooting the suspect that came in. Well, the person had a ankle bracelet on after the person was out on uh, already robbery to begin with. So, yes, we should keep in mind that some of the returns that we're seeing from criminals go back onto the streets have been devastating for our community. And we're seeing the homicide rate tick up, 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 up. Someone just messaged me based on what they're seeing. Um, what we could be at 250, the latest number after tonight, hmm. 250 homicides for the year. It is uh, so high and we're not even done yet. We still have a couple of weeks left What three weeks left uh, for 2020. Just really sad. One of the best things that did happen over the summer to try to cut off some of the uh, bleeding, and I don't mean that as a pun or anything, but was when the feds came in and the Operation Legend to try to use the federal resources to catch and then prosecute them on a federal level to try to get around the lack of prosecution that's going on on the circuit attorney level here. It's just been terrible and devastating to our community. But one thing that our uh, caller before Ken brought up was Eric Swalwell. I wanted to bring this up, too, about Eric Swalwell. Uh, he, he's the congressman out of California. He doesn't want to answer the question if he was in a sexual relationship with this Chinese spy 
uh, got very close to other elected officials. A lot of times they looked at up and comers in the Democratic Party and, and tried to court them in a way we noticed, too. Uh, and I, I will say, I think that on Fox News, Tucker Carlson has been really, really knocking us out of the park and putting this into the place it needs to be. Let me just play this. This is from two nights ago when he was talking about the Swalwell thing. In March, Swalwell told the rest of us that we are racist if we describe where the coronavirus came from originally. He said this on Twitter, quote, when lawmakers refer to COVID-19 as a Chinese virus, they're not only misleading the public about a disease with confirmed cases in over 100 countries, they are stoking racism and xenophobia in our communities. Diseases don't have an ethnicity, period. So if you're bored sometime, take those words and type them into Google, and you will find analogs almost precisely to the word in Chinese state media. That's what he was repeating. If you ask Eric Swalwell, blaming the Chinese government for the coronavirus was a mistake. The right reproach is to defer to the Chinese government as much as you possibly can. In 2017, Swalwell expressed outrage that the Trump administration was taking too tough a position with China's ally, North Korea. He wrote this, quote, the president's reckless and inconsistent North Korea strategy risks American lives. Instead, Swalwell demanded, Trump must, quote, talk to experts, allies, and China. Swalwell had been saying similar things for years. In 2013, for example, he demanded that we, quote, engage China and Russia to keep Iran nuclear free. Do you notice a pattern here? Hmm. Of course you do. Is he a talking head for China? And keep in mind, he's already been caught a few times. Number one, he won't answer the question if he's in a sexual relationship with these Chinese spy, Christine Fang. Number two, we now know that Eric Swalwell's brother and dad were friends with Christine Fang, the Chinese spy. And even within this year, we're liking photos with each other on Facebook. Isn't that just wonderful? So friendly with each other. Isn't that strange, too? Uh, why would she be friends with Swalwell's family members? Uh, Nancy Pelosi stands by Swalwell saying that, hey, uh, what are we supposed to do? Check every intern? Well, I don't know. Maybe the ones that are giving you money and maybe ones that are engaging in relationships are the ones that you should be background checking. We're not talking about, you know, someone shows up and said, hey, can I hand out flyers? You don't have to do a full background check on that, do you? But she was bringing money in for the campaign and courting them. This is, oh boy, not good at all. It's just fitting that Pelosi would say that is normal operating business in California for the Democratic Party, I guess. Let's go to Tammy, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, Ryan. I just kind of want to tie in with the China theme here, like your other uh, uh, caller had called in about mm -hmm. the six-pack, the China connection. Mm -hmm. Where it goes with the presidency of uh, Biden, if he is going to be the president, it just seems like everything is getting out there now where China is a huge problem. Trump's been tough on China, and it seems like the entire Democratic Party is in bed with China, and... If we now get a Chinese-leaning president and has all kinds of issues with China, and the whole party's got issues with China, uh, we're going to go communist. That's what's frightening to me. So I'm just praying that the SCOTUS takes this case from Texas and that it's overturned and Trump gets reelected. 
so we can beat back the communists for another four years <laughs> because they're waiting in the wings to just take us over. Yeah. So you know, that's that's a, I just want to say just how hypocritical it's been, because at the very onset of this, all the Democrats said that uh, Donald Trump was a puppet for Russia and all of that was disproven, all of it. And they did. I mean, they threw everything they could at Donald Trump, everything. And exactly. it was so ridiculous. And they used anonymous sources and they used people like Swalwell out there as talking heads. Now we know talking heads for China in order right. to put the, push this even further. Now we have all of this in front of us. We're able to see it play out. We have the evidence. We know these things were going on with the Biden family and Hunter Biden. We know that we had Chinese spies going in. China now has admitted to having leaders in all of these institutions across the country. And what happens after that? You have the Democratic leader stand up and say, well, no, it's not that big of a deal. It's such a hypocritical thing, and it's so sad to see play out. Uh, Tammy, thank you very much for your call. Okay. Right. And, and China is a problem. It really is. I think they have to admit that they've got issues. 314-436-7900. It's Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. And Overnight America is live up until midnight, and I would love to hear from you. I really would. 314-436-7900. Whatever you want to bring up, you know, it's the last show of the week, so we get a little bit of time to do that. And just going back to this one article written up by Janelle O'Day in the Post-Dispatch, just looking at the figures from the American Community Survey. Again, not a census number, but still we can look at the past five years and see how St. Louis has changed and the population of St. Louis has been declining for decades, but the metropolitan area seems in the past five years at least have not lost. So if we were to go county by county in estimates and whatnot, uh, the change is, uh, let's see, St. Louis City down about 10,500, St. Louis County down about 3,500. And you can go and look at some of these other counties. Some places are losing it. Some places are uh, fine with it. But uh, like Franklin County is up about 1,500. St. Charles County is up 24,500. Uh, Lincoln County is up about 3,000. Jefferson County, 3,300. So some of these other surrounding counties that you see, uh, the, the ebbs and flows. But in the overall metropolitan, if you're to look at just this greater metro area, uh, let's see, Metro East St. Clair County said goodbye to 6,000 residents. They say Madison County lost 1,700 and um, no, Madison County lost about 3,000. So the, overall losing it here. This is what I'm starting to see, though. I don't know if this is going to change and this is the the tide that is turning for some of these large cities like New York or Los Angeles or Seattle's and some of these like Portland's and Chicago's of the world. There's certain things that people are just getting tired of. And one of the big indicators is if they're finding themselves not being able to conduct business that the way they want to. We can take New York City, for example, astronomical rent rates, not only for living, if you wanted to have a, a, an apartment or a house in the area, but also businesses that are renting in order to just make a living through a small business. And what happens when New York shuts things down? Well, they make no money. And then what happens if these companies make no money in an already extravagantly high rent area. Well, what happens? You know what these businesses do? They close. They say, nope. I'm, and you know what happens next? People don't want to move into it, the uncertainty of it. Yeah, right. Like they want to commit themselves to five years or 10 years or whatever the lease would be for uh, a building that's used for residential. 
And what are they going to do? Are they going to turn it around and say, well, the city or the government or the, the, the governor or the state or whatever it is might just close it down again? Yeah, right. Like I can afford that. So they're moving out of those states. And you know what I've heard? I've heard that places like Texas or places like Tennessee or Missouri and things are becoming a lot more attractive for those people because before they thought, no, I'd never leave a big city like this. I love it. It's so big and it's so a part of me. They're tired of it too. So they're thinking, well, I might be able to work from home. Why don't I move to a place that is, you know, friendly and has a cool scene to it. And all of a sudden places that weren't getting considerations are getting considerations. That's a good thing for St. Louis. Maybe they can attract more people and businesses that way. Let's hope. Let's go to Mike, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Good morning. How are you doing? Or it's all it's doing still good. evening. I'm sorry. Listen, <laughs> uh, I I have a uh, a baseball story I'd like to share with you, if you don't mind. Sure, okay? love to hear it. Okay, my uh, my little sister. Okay, she's uh, handicapped. And, uh, she they go to the uh, Cardinal ball game. This is back in about not 25 years ago, back in '95. Anyhow, she's pushing her boyfriend, who's also handicapped, to the elevator. And, uh, she, you know, she has the emotions of about a 12-year-old, okay? And he gets on the elevator, the elevator stops, and her all-time favorite baseball player walks in. She throws her arms around him and starts crying, okay, mm. on his shoulder. Even I would have said, stop it, stop it. This guy mm-hmm. didn't. He, he just held her and, uh, while she cried. They got off the elevator. He reached in his uh, bag and pulled out a picture of himself and signed the two hands all which my little sister, Love Willie McGee. I don't Aww. know if you know who Willie. I don't know if you know who Willie McGee is, but uh, he's a uh, he's a real gem. He really is. I mean, I thought and I followed him all the way through baseball. I mean, all the way through his career, and it just you know he never said a word to me. <laughs> he doesn't have to. He he's just that kind of a ball player. I have the same yeah. feeling for him that I did for Lou Brock and. Sam Musial, who I vaguely remember, and Bob Gibson. But anyway, yeah, uh, it just it just made her day. You know, you talk about that. What's that? Yeah, that uh, that's going back when you start to talk about Stan the Man and such. Some we've had some really great luck with outstanding, uh, outstanding people through the Cardinals organization. Oh, haven't we? Haven't we? I you know, and if they're bad, they just get rid of them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Remember Gary Templeton? No, <laughs> you have to remind me. But keep in mind, I moved here. Oh, I don't know, three and a half, almost four years ago. So a lot of the history. Oh, okay. I, I didn't follow okay. the Cardinals forever. Yeah. Well, you know who we tra- who we traded for him? We got we traded uh, him for we traded him to San Diego for uh, Ozzy Smith in '82. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was he, he was a shortstop, and he made a bad gesture, and they they got rid of him. Oh, what a great trade. What a genius trade in retrospect. Probably the best ever. Yeah. Well, you you know, Chicago's still crying about Lou Brock. (laughs) Lou's great, too. Yeah. Seriously, what great people. No, yeah. Uh, Yeah. How how big of a baseball fan are you? Oh, very big. You you know, so big that. Do you know when. Augie Bush bought the Cardinals in 53, okay? They went to spring training. And they wouldn't allow the blacks to stay in the same motel with the whites, okay? Hmm. So you know what Augie did? 
He just What's built that? a new. Uh, he built a new Bush Stadium. He built a new hotel wow. for his whole team. Oh, good because for Because he wasn't. He wasn't going to uh, have that nonsense. And then when, uh, oh. What's the guy that broke the uh, color barrier? I, I uh, Jackie Robinson. Right when Jackie Robinson came up, uh, the whole team, you know, even Sam Musial said, "Absolutely, you know, he, he's going to play ball and he's our man," you know, and yeah, there, there was there was no problem. Oh no, we. I'm very, <laughs> very much into baseball. <laughs> you know, I interviewed Bill White once. This is probably ten plus years ago when he put out his book. Um, and I know he played in the Cardinals for a little bit and he had some series, uh, some uh, uh, stories that he told about his playing days in that era. And it's amazing. Some of these things that you just don't realize um, because today it just seems so foreign for things like that happening. But I'm so glad you called in, Mike. Thank you. For yeah, that. I but, appreciate the stories. Well, you know, you know, another one, Kurt Blood. Uh, I didn't realize until after he retired that. Uh, he felt he was really, really treated bad, and that's, I think the Cardinals treated him well. But you know, you know, he was on the brink, brought in free agency. Yeah, you know, well, that's part you know. of it. Yeah, we got to go though. But thank you very much for the call, Mike. It's so okay, good to hear partner. from you, and I'm, I'm glad you shared those stories. That's great. I love hearing those. Okay, if you want to share some stories okay. with me, you can too. Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred or eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. You can also text the radio station. Better yet, follow me on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio. It's Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.